What's up, guys? It's your boy Dylan at Thunder Chess, and I'm here with a word from our sponsors, Bet Online. Uh, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Just head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BLEAV50, that is BLE50 in all capital letters, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Hello, everybody, and welcome back, or welcome in if this is your first time listening to the Topic Fandom Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Hunzinger at Thunder Chats. We are part of the Believe Network. I am joined today by somebody smart, somebody sweet, somebody strong. <laughs> Chelsea, my wife. Chelsea, how are you doing today? Wait, what were the first two you said? Uh, smart and sweet. sweet. I couldn't remember Sorry, for sure. No. Was that right? I don't remember, but I'm not bad. No, no, not at all. You're, you're definitely sour on the Sour Patch Kids scale. Yeah, anyway, I'm great. All right, yeah. I... We, got some, uh, we got some fun episodes of TV to talk about. So, as we've been doing the past couple of weeks, we'll be talking about She-Hulk and House of the Dragon. Uh, this is episode eight of both shows. Uh, She-Hulk has one more episode next week, episode nine being the finale. And House of the Dragon has two more. So, as we've been doing, we're going to dive into She-Hulk first. And I'm going to try to do a better job and remember to do this. But at this point, if you have not seen She-Hulk or House of the Dragon, this is your spoiler warning. Um, exit while you still can. Chelsea just raspberry Why do you. people listen to podcasts if they haven't already watched the show? <clears throat> so listen, that's what Van Lathan says on Ringiverse. He says, yeah, so why we're do we getting ready to talk about the episode. This is a reaction podcast. <clears throat> the spoilers are coming. That's what he says. So. <clears throat> Shout out Van Lathan. Quickly. God, I'm sorry. I got <clears throat> my throat scratchy. All right, anyway, She-Hulk. So uh, this was the episode that we've all been waiting for. This is the episode that everybody has... I'm waiting for the last episode. Okay, Chelsea. <laughs> this is the episode that everybody has kind of been paying attention for because we saw in the trailers the shot of Daredevil. And we saw that very scene from the trailer in this episode. Chelsea hates it when I jump around all over the place, but like that was like the big ticket item um, for... <laughs> not even this episode, kind of the show. Like that was like one of the things that people were really look forward to when they saw all the things about She Hulk, specifically the trailer. But kind of pulling behind the curtain a little bit. Uh, me and Chelsea still have not seen the Daredevil series in its entirety. We've seen bits and pieces of it, but that came at a time in my life that I was going to sleep very early because I had to be up very early, and I could just fall asleep at the drop of the hat. I could still do that, just not near as much. But yeah, so Daredevil's a very dark show, so you gotta watch it when it's very dark outside. And it just didn't mix well with my sleeping habits. So that is something that we do look forward to getting into here in the future. But uh, Chelsea, after, you know, we've only seen bits and pieces of Daredevil, what were your initial thoughts of seeing him? I mean, for 
I think we watched like four <clears throat> episodes of Daredevil. Something like that. Maybe. I felt like his character in She-Hulk was different than in Daredevil. Right? Like, I know that if we had finished watching Daredevil, we would have been invested. But, like, for some reason, it just didn't, like, stick. I don't know. But, like, I feel like his version of Daredevil on, like, the Daredevil show was a little more, like, he wasn't funny. Like, he wasn't meant to be funny or, like, you know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, from what I can remember, I remember him being more lighthearted. Like a dry most, like, sense of humor. <clears throat> as Matt Murdock. And, you know, like, it was kind of like the dichotomy of the two, like, I guess alter egos of Matt Murdock and Daredevil. Because Matt Murdock was kind of like this, not really like a go-happy-go-lucky guy. But, you know, he was like a genuinely positive person, being that he was blind and a lawyer and trying to start up a law firm. But Daredevil was the guy that was like vengeance like just tear people up like no nonsense so so even that doesn't like compute because when he was matt murdoch the lawyer i felt like that was pretty on par with like what his character was like in daredevil but then when it got to like the fighting scene it was like, he was obviously still awesome and, like, a bad A or whatever, but he was also, like, not no-nonsense. He was, like, goofing off with Jen, and I think that's because that's She-Hulk. Like, that's what the show is, but... <clears throat> well, that, and it, also, like, like, he was trying to... He was trying to flirt as much as he could to seal the deal. Yeah. He had ulterior motives, but, you know, this this, you know... The show is She-Hulk, like, and I know that you, and even Alex, have said that, like, a lot of the side characters kind of steal the show in this one. All of them do. Um, do you feel like Daredevil stole the show in this one? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, no, I don't think he stole the show, because, like, the way this episode ended was, um, like, it had weight to it. So, like, mm -hmm. you were still finally, like... Okay. Especially because they were about to, like, play her basically, like, a sex tape in front of all of her colleagues. Like, you felt like that had, like, real consequences to it. So, I don't think he stole the show, but do I like Matt Murdock better than I like Jen Walters? Yeah, unfortunately, I do. But that's just... I, I don't even think it's, like... I don't know. Okay. I just like can't put the nail on the head. <clears throat> Alright, we're gonna we're gonna stop harping on Jim Walters. We're gonna stop being mean to her. We're gonna... I'm not being mean to her. <laughs> well, I, 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 I want to talk about other, other characters. So this was the introduction to another character that's actually in the comics. This Leapfrog. Uh, what were your thoughts on old Leapfrog, Chelsea? I don't know. <laughs> I thought he was kind of funny. Yeah, kind of funny. I mean... He he was very much the entitled, like, rich douchebag, like, stereotype of a guy that has all this money and basically does what he wants. And if something's wrong, even if it's his fault, it's somebody else's fault. Yeah. And that's, like, that's where we come in, like, the court case. I did like that they brought her back into 
actually a lawyer, like being a lawyer. Well, yeah, and, and we knew again. And, we knew a daredevil like when Matt Murdock coming into the story, like that was like the easy parallel that would bring him into the story. And <clears throat> sure enough, this was the one. Um, and it didn't just tie the thread of Jen and Matt Murdock; it tied the thread of also Jen and Luke once again. Luke, the costume designer, and you know, basically she had to represent leapfrog against luke and his mysterious lawyer which was matt murdoch so matt murdoch just completely destroyed the case because (laughs) jen did not understand that she was dealing with a complete blithering idiot and who was putting the wrong fuel into his costume didn't read the instructions again stereotypical douchebag male that doesn't want to read the instructions and just wants to do everything his way um but yeah, so she she lost the case, but then she connected with Matt Murdock, and things kind of took off from there. Yeah, I don't know if you, I don't know if she technically lost the case or the case is just dismissed because it's a mistrial, or something like that. Well, I don't. That <clears throat> doesn't really matter, but yeah, no, I, I don't think it, it. They weren't countersuing, so like. He was pressing charges on Luke, and Luke was the defendant. Yeah, and so, Luke should have been pressing charges for... For defamation, defamation of character, of character. yeah. Um, slander, uh, I don't know. I don't know all terms. All the things. Uh, that, that's what I would say, anyways. But, yeah, but anyways, like, she links back up with Matt later, and... They meet up at the bar. Eventually, yeah, and then eventually she gets called back up by the leapfrog guy and was it the leapfrog guy yeah she was like she had just got home and he called her and was like help i'm in trouble yeah he's being chased down by daredevil yeah (laughs) and that's when she hulk interacts with daredevil and to her credit she puts the wall up on him well, she's she threw him into a car. Like he, yeah. he, he, he kind of rung his bell a little bit, and she was about to land the final blow. And he was like, "Wait, Jen." She's like, "Huh?" And she shrunk back down to Jen, and he pulled off his mask. And she's like, first thing she's like, "Wait a minute, you're not really blind. <laughs> that's not cool, dude." He's like, "Yes, I'm blind." And then that's when she brings up the whole like, "Oh, so you have uh, what is it, sonar?" Mm, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember if that's what she. I have really good hearing. Yeah, <laughs> basically. So, yeah, I mean, he I really does have some type of like echolocation. That's yeah, the word I was something. looking for. Yeah, I kept saying sonar. Is that not the same thing? Um, essentially, it is. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, after that brief explanation of their powers and stuff, uh, we get to the crux of why Daredevil was hunting down the leapfrog guy. It's because he has kidnapped Luke. And what was it that what was it he called his place? Was it called the lily pad? Or was it called the frog pad or something like that? Mm. <clears throat> Don't know. It was called something Some, really stupid. Yeah, lily pad, I think. Yeah. Some warehouse. Um and he had henchmen. Or no, and then they had the they had the conversation about goons the difference yeah, the, the difference between henchmen and goons. Uh, goons believe in the cause. Henchmen are there to get paid. So, definitely, probably henchmen. Yeah. Because he was definitely paying who him. Who believes in his cause? What even is his cause? 
I don't really know because he was acting like a superhero, but he had real big villain energy. Yeah. Or he was trying to be a superhero. He was trying to act. So this prompts a question that I have. Okay. If he doesn't have powers. No. Just regular old dude. And this guy that makes the costumes makes costumes for superheroes. If he had the integrity that he claims to have, he wouldn't just make a costume for just like any one-off guy. Yeah. But he did it for the bag. Because the kid obviously paid for it. Mm-hmm. And that kind of, I don't know. Compromises his integrity. It feels a little weird for me, yeah. Because, like, if he's supposed to be this, like, really discreet elite designer that makes these, like, you know... I mean, he he made a functional suit for the guy. He used it improperly, but you wouldn't think that he would take, like, a, basically, like, a joke for a client. Yeah. But he did it for the bag. Yep, and then... Now, after that, like, you know, they raid the warehouse. Uh, we get a fun scene where it looks like Daredevil's going to get to do the hallway scene again, the legendary hallway scene, which <clears throat> we got to see that. That happened in episode one of Daredevil. I don't, I truly don't remember. You don't remember the one-take hallway scene? I, the, oh, I don't remember anything. He took out, like, a whole group of dudes in a dark hallway, and it was all shot in one take. Yeah. Like, it was like the, it was like the crown jewel of the series. It was like the thing that, like, turned people onto the series. I mean, I believe you. I just, it's been, like, eight years. Yeah, I really wanted, like, like, it it was cool that they got to play it for laughs, that she, she jumped in there and, like, just smashed all the guys after he beat one up, and didn't she say she Hulk smash? Yes. She said she Hulk smash. And he's like, well, that's one way to do it. And she's like, well, it's better than spending 30 minutes beating them off one by one like you was about to do. I just said beating them off. Yes, Chelsea. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> 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 oh, we're five years old here. In the Thunder podcast, I keep saying uh, as as something comes upon us, mm. and they won't let me let that slide <laughs> don't either. Don't say that. I don't mean to. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, so, I mean, you know, after that funny exchange, they finally, they find the guy, Daredevil beats him up, She-Hulk frees Luke, they're all good, they're copacetic, and he agrees that he's still going to make the dress for her, um, for her gala, and... Wait, I also have another question. Okay. If this guy makes costumes for people, and he's in New York, no, he's in California, mm-hmm. but Matt Murdock is in New York. <clears throat> mm-hmm. How did they know about each other? Um, well, he's... And also he's... because we don't know in the MCU timeline that Matt Murdock or Daredevil is an established person. So how, without him being, like, a big name, how does he know... How do they know each other? Well, what we do know about Matt Murdock in the MCU is he got Peter Parker scotch-free. But Peter Parker actually is... Hmm. Yeah, because the the Doctor Strange... Cur- uh, I almost said curse. Spell. That made people forget Peter Parker. So, like, do we but, know I mean, that he got Spider-Man free? People know Matt Murdock is, sure. But we don't know in the MCU timeline that Daredevil is... Um... 
a hero or whatever. Spider-Man doesn't even know that. Peter Parker didn't know that. He just knew he was a lawyer. New York's a big place. (laughs) Well, of course, but that's what I'm saying. New York's huge, and then this guy's in L.A. I'm just, I would have liked some well, he, I mean, he, he kind of said that, you know, I operate out of Hell's Kitchen, um, but essentially, they whenever a him. benefactor, like, whenever a benefactor, you know, wants to pay up, you know, we'll, we'll venture out of Hell's Kitchen. Right. And that's kind of what happened. I don't know. Yeah. I would have liked more answers. I need to pee. <coughs> Carry on. <laughs> It's okay. Are you sure? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. (laughs) Oh, God. We're talking about (laughs) beating guys off and peeing in the middle of the podcast. My sister just texted me a second ago and said her and Alex watched Game of Thrones for the first time yesterday. Oh, Lord. She said so many boobs. Uh (laughs) She said, you did not prepare me for the amount of boobs. Especially season one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that would be a great transition if I was done with She-Hulk. Sorry, we were... So, um, we get back to Jen's apartment, and she's talking about going to the gala. She's get she's got the dress ready, and Nikki shows up, and she's like, I'm going to glam you up and get you ready. And, like, we think it's the end of the episode. She even mentions it's the end of the episode, and, like, she's talking to the screen. Nikki jumps out with all her makeup brushes in her fists, looking like Wolverine. That's funny. <clears throat> and Jen's like... So, yeah, that's it. And then she's like, wait, we're going to the gala this episode? Is the next episode the finale? Huh. And then we get to the gala. You know, she makes the <clears throat> luxurious walk down the red carpet, uh, being recognized as the, what is it, female lawyer of the year. And we think that this is like an exclusive award, but we get there and there's a lot of. Yeah, there's a lot of female lawyers of the year. And, you know, they're they're all kind of, like, you know, saying their thank yous. And Jen is like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to smack you. Well, and just to be fair, or, like, just when, when, when they said Jen and she thought it was, She like, was the first name. Yeah, she was the first. But I kind of, in my head, was thinking, like, well, how'd she win Lawyer of the Year when she wasn't even a lawyer for half the year? Because she was, like, stowed away on a whatever with Hulk trying to figure out her powers. How long was that? It was like... Oh, we don't know how long yeah, that was. a decent amount of time. And she didn't have a job for a while. So, like, how... And then they said all the females. And I was like, oh, okay. Just to pop it's out like a, an inclusion thing. What's it called? Um, participation trophy. Yep. Yeah. And that's what they were doing mm-hmm. to all the females. Yeah. And then as they... <clears throat> got to Jen. Everybody was cheering for everybody. Like, Pugs was there. We love Pugs. Need more <clears throat> Pugs. <laughs> Need more Pugs. Um, as she was about to give her speech, uh, the lights go black. The screen lights up, and it's Intelligentsia. And they're saying, like, you know, you don't know the real Jim Walters. We're about to show you. And it's like... All the stuff from her phone, text messages, conversations, notes, pictures, all these random stuff. And then as Chelsea alluded to at the very beginning of this episode, um, her sex tape with Josh, who we know as the audience, is a member of Intelligentsia. And then um, 
she, she breaks down. <laughs> like she she's well, about to I go would crazy. Smash the screen too if that <clears throat> was about to be shown in front of everybody. Well, now she's about to. You know, books up there with her, Angelica. Mm-hmm. We're gonna call her Angelica Book, <laughs> but um, she's up there with her, and she's like, Jen, don't like you know but this why? is what they want. No one, no like that. This bothered me mm-hmm. because. Not really one time through the whole show have people been like, oh, She-Hulk's going to go out of control like Abomination did. Or how do we even know if she's going to like rage out? That has not been a talking point at all. So why all of a sudden was Books like, don't do it, Jen. You're going to give them what they all have thought. This That was never mentioned one time. Or am I missing something? Well, I mean, you know, in the very beginning, Hulk was like, you got to learn how to control your anger. Sure, but and that then has not been she was, a yeah, thing she was at like, all. I know how to control my anger. Like, I do it every day or whatever. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But. It's almost like that was, um, I don't know, like a reshoot. I don't know. It just didn't make any sense <clears throat> at all. Well. Before she, or when she smashed the screen, all the emergency lights started going off because she killed the power to everything, and it was all red. And I saw this online, I saw this on Reddit, but that seems like evoking, or invoking, I don't know the term. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Carrie. The movie Carrie, like, when everything turns red, like, blood everywhere, and, like, she's just raging, like, that's, they, they said that's what the inspiration was from. Okay. I thought it was weird the way that they did the lighting because it didn't look um, natural for like the setting they were in. But they were at like probably a hotel or something in like a convention con- center, convention or, center or conference hall, something like that. So like, I I I get what you're saying, but if that happened in a real convention center all these red flashing lights like wouldn't exist so it was kind of like you it felt like a a tv show are you sure like an emergency light one emergency light not like a whole room of red doom lighting (laughs) because in a real emergency if the light was like that how could anyone see or know what was going on it was just impractical. I know what they were trying to do, but, like, it just was impractical is all. And then as she made her way outside, who was waiting for her but the Department of Damage Control. Now They're just really annoying. Oh, here's the thing. I think they were tipped off. I think Intelligentsia is either working with Damage Control or they tipped, her off, tipped them off that She-Hulk was going to lash out because... There's no way that that happens and they're there, like, full force that quickly. They're just so annoying. Well, like, you gotta think, Intelligentsia, like, the first exposure we had of them, like, they were trying to think of how to kill She-Hulk. Like, you're not gonna be able to shoot She-Hulk if there's anybody that's gonna be able to take out She-Hulk, theoretically, it's Department of Damage Control. Right, but why... I thought the Damage Control's job was to, like control the damage not to be yeah originally sure not to be like i mean even in miss marvel they played this 
part two of like the CIA or whatever of superheroes. I didn't, I guess I don't know, I didn't realize that that was like, I don't know, but they're like villains. Why are they portraying them as like bad guys? Mm -hmm. Big government. Well, sure, but. So, with that being said, the last thing I have to say about this, and I can't remember exactly what the scene was, what the context was, who even said it, but there was an MCU, like, Easter egg in this, where they talked about the Sokovia Accords being appealed. It was in the court scene, and Matt Murdock said something like, Blah blah blah. Since the Sokovian Accords are repealed. Ah, I blah, remember blah. now because she was uh, she was asking for product testimonials from all of Luke's past clients, and he was like, "We can't do that. A, that's frivolous, and B, like you're jeopardizing the identity of these people. And with the Sokovia Accords being appealed to where like all these people don't have to be registered to the government, we don't have to know the people behind these masks." You know, there's no need for that. Okay, so here's another question then. You just got really excited? Because if we're putting Daredevil into the MCU timeline, then did he have to participate in the Sokovian Accords? And then wouldn't people know that Matt Murdock was Daredevil? Or did he just finesse his way out of that? I don't think the Sokovia Accords went like widespread to like all the little superheroes as well i think that it was like it it was made for the avengers Avengers. for the short term because they were the ones that were effing crap up now i mean that's as far as we know like you know until somebody i was team cap because in the comics spider-man defects the team cap but Spider-Man was on team on Iron Man, so I was Team Spider-Man. I really enjoyed Spider-Man. Fair enough. Well, I mean, you, you could <laughs> you can go a whole other podcast on like Tony had a point and a reason to be mad. Oh yeah, but, but... and like Cap was the true villain of the movie, but no. we, we won't go there. Um, yeah, that was She-Hulk. Uh, let's get to our ratings, and we'll get to House of the Dragon. Chelsea, what was your rating for this episode? I'll give it a thumbs up. It was good enough, better. Yeah. Well, I'll probably give it a thumbs up as well. I don't think I had as many belly laughs as when Mongers and Madison was on there, but oh, bring back Madison. Bring back Madison. Give us more pugs. Like we we have yeah, simple I would just wishes. Be happy with pugs. I think I gave two thumbs up last week just because I really enjoyed Blonsky. All right, so this is He's fine, but everything else was whatever. Okay, well, let's get into House of the Dragons. And uh, what was this episode called? I forgot already. It's something of the tides. um, The tides of March. Lord of the tides? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) I said the tides of March, like the Ides of March. Uh, Is it Lord of Tides? Yeah, I think it is Lord of Tides. Um. I don't know why I've never said the episode title before, but hey, Lord of Tides, episode eight, House of the Dragon. So, all right, Chelsea wants structure, so I'm going to try to give structure on this one. So, the first thing that we see happen is we're at Driftmark, 
and I almost said Valor. His name's not Valor, is it? Vaymond. God. <laughs> they all sound the same. There's a name and a Damon and a Vaymond. It's confusing. All right, so Vaman and Rhaenys are kind of arguing over who's going to take the throne at Driftmark because Corlys is apparently sick, may or may not be dead. We're not sure. We're not going to find out for three days. But if he's dead, we need to have his secession shored up. Three days? That's what they said. He said his body would be there in three days. Oh. I thought you meant like three present days. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> not IRL, Chelsea. And ITS. End of show. So, as they go through all that, we go to Dragonstone. Damon <laughs> is tending to the dragon eggs. Um, okay. Okay. That was so freaking weird. What? I did. I just did not imagine dragon eggs being laid in, I don't even know what you call that. It's like a spider web. Kind of, but also not. I, I I imagined like a nest. Not not necessarily like a bird's nest, but like what was it even encased in? I don't know. Just nothing like I imagined, but it was cool to see. Well Cyrax had a clutch of three eggs and they Apparently, were to be Cyrax transported. Is the only one popping out clutches of eggs these days. Well they were to be transported to the warmer I think that's what he called it. Either warmer or heater. Mm-hmm. Thermostat, thermal. Yeah. I'm just saying hot words at this point. Are you just running through everything that happened and then we're supposed to talk about it all or you want to... You, you just stop me. I'm just going through the episode. You're the one that has stuff. And I'm just like... I'm just trying to... Through the episode. Okay. So anyways. So then we go to the throne room of Dragonstone and Rhaenyra is walking through. She goes and she finds... Jace, who is trying to practice his High Valerian. And we see the table. We see the famed table. It's the first look at the table. In a different spot, mind you, than we see in Game of Thrones, so it has been I don't know if it's in a different spot or if Dragonstone just looks exceptionally different by the time Stannis is there. Because they did... I I don't remember if it was in... I think it was in um, the Ringerverse podcast... When Mal and Jason were doing it forever ago, that they talked about... That was about, bench mode. What, what's the difference? I don't care. That, not the point. They talked about how, in the books, Stannis did everything that he possibly could to make it look not Targaryen at all. Like, changed everything. And mm. Took all the personality. And similar to how, um... Allison has done to the Red Keep, but... Yeah, I don't know if it's a different room, but it just looks totally different. Yeah, there's a good point. she's got a baby in her belly. She's preggers, and we find out later in the episode that it is like not the, the way... first baby that we've seen. It is, er, that we, <laughs> that is born since Joffrey, yeah. uh, but it is the third. I like the way they did that, because they sort of, you think, oh, well, this might be the first one, but it's not. Triggery. Hmm. Triggery? It's, it's hurting my ear. Yeah, it is the third one. Um, so that's the third one of her and Damon. Um, not strong boys, if you will. And uh, so Damon receives a letter from Bela, um, kind of telling them what's going on with Rainey's and how she's going 
how she's going to the Red Keep, how she's going to King's Landing, and Vayman's going to King's Landing to argue for his secession um, to the throne of Driftmark. And basically, like, if you want Luke to, you know, be the heir, you're going to have to go and fight for it. And so Rhaenyra says, I guess we're going to King's Landing. And there we go. We go to King's Landing. Where they're greeted by nobody. <clears throat> and this is what she was annoyed by because, you know, the, what's the show called? House of Dragons. And what'd they go on? A freaking boat. A boat Listen, and a wagon. Mind you, she's pregnant. So she might not want to ride the dragon while she's pregnant. But later in the show, she says, I'll come back on dragon Precisely. <laughs> Precisely. Now, maybe a ship needed to follow them because they've got stuff fair but like we saw them all on driftmark and Aegon, helena and aemon yeah. all peace out of there on their dragons and followed the I ship with allison and Briseis we, and we haven't seen jace or luke on their dragons yet they're definitely big enough to ride by now last episode they weren't it's been six years they're definitely riding those things we haven't seen Rhaenyra on a dragon since she was 12, 14. I want to see dragons. Give Look, me dragons or give me death. We haven't even got to see the other boys' dragons. Well, we haven't seen Luke's at all. We saw Jace's. He was, Vermex was tiny. We haven't seen Aegon's dragon up close. We haven't seen Helena's dragon up close. We've obviously seen Vagar, but uh, it's so dumb. Give us dragons. <laughs> I would think we'll be seeing dragons here very shortly. I um, know, but, lots of dragons, uh, but yeah. So you know they they show up in, in a carriage and they're announced and nobody is there to greet them. Nobody really cares that they're there. Has the audacity to say, "Well, I hope our guests were greeted befitting of their what do you say befitting of their stage stand whatever." Go fall in a hole. He sucks. <laughs> yeah, we don't Is like auto. Befitting of their what did he say? I don't remember. Oh my brain. That. I just remember uh, Allison said yeah, well, like was were they greeted as we arranged? But or something they were like greeted that. by Caswell, which is significant. Yeah. Because when Rainier was walking the hall after she had just delivered Joffrey, Caswell randomly speaks to her and says, like, Oh, if you need help, let me know. She said the day may come, the my day Lord. May come. And it's a coming. Yep, alliance is being drawn. So they show up, they get in there, and kind of just like like we we don't see like what happens, how they get there, but they just walk right into the king's chambers. Yeah. Well, Rhaenyra says she doesn't even recognize the place because there's friggin' seven pointed star stars everywhere. Seven pointed stars everywhere and They've taken down all of the orgy tapestries and... Except for Viserys' room. He still <laughs> likes the orgy tapestries. He's still rocking it out. And what... I was... I, I don't know if you put this together, but, like, when they walked into the room, there was, like, an apparent stench. Like, Rhaenyra's face. Like, it kind of hit her in the face. Mm. And then you see all these, like, incenses burning, and there's, like, cobwebs all over his little city. Like, yeah, that, that room has to be foul. Yeah. There's yeah. incense literally burning everywhere. 
trying to like block out the smell of his like rotting flesh. Yeah, because he's in rough shape. Like it's his teeth, it's his eyes, it's Everything. his fingers, it's his hair. <laughs> it's he's not in good shape. And yeah, in this scene, like you know, Rainier is kind of like you know expressing you know like care for Viserys like you know like remorse not even not remorse or guilt what's the word I'm looking for regret for having stayed away for so long yeah and not realizing how you know bad it all was because I mean I think that they for any point of contention they had like when she was a teenager I feel like they had made like leaps and bounds you know, before the whole Eamon losing his eye thing, and then it yeah took ten steps backwards again. And I mean, Rainier, for all intents and purposes, like even though like her intentions were pure, like she was in Damon's eyes buttering him up because Damon wasted no time. He's like, "Listen, mm-hmm. we need you <laughs> to stand your claim, stake your claim for Lucerius to get the throne of Driftmark," and. uh you know, at that point, like, Viserys is still just completely out of it. And he's like, hand me my tea, please. After, you know, he he's introduced to his grandsons, Aegon Third at this point, right? Yeah, they call him Aegon the Younger. And, and, well, and Viserys. Viserys mm-hmm. is the other, and Viserys the second. So, uh, you know, obviously that pleased him. He got excited. Um, a little bit too excited because then he started coughing and had to lay back down and he asked for his tea and Damon gave him the tea and, you know, Damon kind of smelled and like looked inside of it and saw it was milk of the poppy and him and Rhaenyra kind of put together that like, yeah, they're, they're just, they're just buttering him up. Well, you know, I mean, obviously he's in a lot of pain. I think he needs it, but... Uh, it also clouds his judgment, as yeah, he says. they're using it to their advantage. And, um, you know, Allison immediately enters the room, and they hold no bars. They tell her exactly how they feel about his care and how she's running things. And they, you know, she, they, a lot of things are said basically, um, come to the conclusion that Allison isn't going to, give them a fair trial or a fair chance because she's in charge and she didn't hesitate to make that very clear to them yeah and before this even like we saw like i think there was a lot of scenes in this episode that made us try to be more tender and more and care more about allison because the last episode like she she kind of went off the rails and you know, was made the villain of the show. And, like, this episode, you know, we see her obviously kind of covering her tracks. Like, you know, she finds out that one of the servants, basically Aegon rapes her. And, you know, obviously she's torn up. And, you know, she's very comforting to her. No, I'm not saying Allison is. I'm saying the servant was torn up. And, like, she's brought to Allison. And Allison, you know, says everything's going to be all right. She pays her for her troubles. And then she gives her the tea, the moon tea that was given to Rhaenyra. And, you know, sometimes I didn't even realize when we was watching the episode, it makes you think, was 
she's just playing dumb the entire time in the episode when Rainier was going through that with Damon and Kristen Cole. Does she have a part in sending the tea to Allison or to Rainier? No, because she didn't know about the tea. Unless she did. Laris, no. I think she got the idea from learning that Viserys sent her the tea. Well, we still don't know that Viserys sent the tea. They, they yeah, just we do. said. We know that. No, they just said it was Viserys. It could have been Laris. It could have been somebody else. You never know. All kinds of conspiracies could be in play here, but. Anyways, um, then she goes to Aegon, and the guy that they casted as Aegon looks like a... He looks... This casting is so bad. He looks like a dollar store Evan Peters. Well, I don't know about that, but he doesn't <laughs> look like... He looks shorter than the teenage Aegon, right? Like, it's a weird... He's definitely shorter than Aemon. Yeah, which is fine, you know. it ha- That's whatever, but... It, I don't know, the, something about the casting of it is off. Well, I think they're trying but. to, again, invoke, evoke, whatever the word is. Uh, they're trying to call back to... Okay, they're trying to evoke Viserys Damon with Aegon and Aemond. Yeah. Not just, you know, their height I and their size, it. but, yeah. like, a lot of different roles. Yeah, except... But Allison lets Aegon have it. Like, he's, like, you know, just playing the fool. Like, oh, you know, it's no big deal. As soon as he sits up, whack! Smacks him in the face, and she pulls the, you are no son of mine. Yeah, she basically disowns him, but then doesn't. Yeah, and I mean, then we see, like, a moment of, like, just one human-like moment from Aegon. Where he's like, I never chose this. Like, I didn't Mm -hmm. ask to be, to have this kind of burden put on me. Like, I'm just trying to be a kid and live my life. And Except he's not a kid anymore, and he's married, even though he didn't want to be yeah. married. And he's a father himself, and he's still behaving like a buffoon. It was one thing to be a 16-year-old jerk. Rape is not the answer ever, but, like, yeah. now he is an adult and not a teenager anymore, and his actions are not so easily forgiven. And... Yeah. Was this Helena? She, like, walks in the room shortly after that and says, oh, where's Diana? She's supposed to address the kids. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, she's, like, none the wiser to any of it. She she seems more, uh, more put together in this entire episode than yeah, she did before. Just, she's not a spacey. She's creating complete sentences and not just muttering um, random things that we are meant to she seems present yeah which like i don't know that much about like her in the um books or anything but i like that version of her better the one where she's muttering oh the spacey yeah the luna love good Mm -hmm. i feel so sad for her Her yeah story is tragic all right, and then we see Luke and Jace going back to the training yards, and basically they're kind of looking around, just like reliving their youth. And uh, Luke even says, like, it used to look so much bigger, and like realizing, you know, kind of the not insignificance, but just how you know things change, like from like things are different from the time they were kids to now. 
And, you know, then they hear a crowd, and sure enough, it's Crispin Cole fighting Eamon, and Eamon's been... He's been working He's been in the lab. He's been getting shots up in the gym. So, Trick, you wasn't with me shooting in the gym, because he, uh... He he gets the blade to Kristen Cole, and Kristen Cole says, well, well done, my prince. You'll do great in tournaments. He says, I don't give a crap about tournaments. And without... And what what's, like... Like, he's truly harrowing. Like, he is, like, a terrifying, like, human. Like, in terms of... I mean, his... his, his uh, Not physique. Like, his face is, like... His face is terrifying. Yeah, it, it's it's truly unsettling. But also, just, it's like, really the just fact the that... Look, the way that... Yeah, just his look. Well, the fact that Luke and Jace, like, approached in the crowd. He never took his eye off Crispin while he's fighting, or, you know, any of that. Like, he's focused on his target the entire time. And after he says, I don't give a crap about tournaments, he says, cousins, have you come to train? Like, he he never once, like, paid them any mind, and he Nephews. already knew. And not only... Nephews. Oh, whatever. Yeah, sorry. <sighs> Family. <laughs> Everyone keeps saying cousins. They're not cousins. Cousin. Yeah. Um, not only, like, did he realize that, but he did that with one eye. Like... <laughs> Like he, yeah. I'm sorry. Like a- Amon's Amon's terrifying. Like he's, he's uh, he's crazy. But anyways, yeah. You know, kind of going back to where we were with Allison, Rhaenyra, and Damon. Rhaenyra and Damon kind of realized that this is not going to go well for them, and so Rhaenyra pleads with Viserys that you know if you still believe the song of ice and fire you still believe that i'm the one that's promised you still believe that i'm the one to carry on this prophecy that i deserve to be the rightful heir like you need to back my claim and in backing my claim you also need to back your grandson's claim luceris and you know kind of like a final ditch effort like she's just crying out of desperation Who's at his final bed ditch? last ditch effort yes last it's the last ditch effort. No. Uh, th- this is worth a Google. I- I've got to go get a charger, and Chelsea's going to Google this. All right, so Chelsea has something to tell everybody. It's ditch. It is D I T C H. Why is it ditch, Chelsea? This expression alludes to the military sense of last ditch, the last line of defense. I'm upset, and I'm probably going to continue to say last stick. <laughs> there you go. The more you know. But yeah, like, this is like a true act of desperation, and she doesn't even know if she's getting through to Viserys because he's just this withering old man in bed. So but the next thing that we see is he's getting his... Um, what are they doing to him exactly? Oh, they're lancing his boils. Yeah, that, that's the word I was looking yeah. for. Yeah. His morning lancing. <laughs> and, you know, Otto was like, you know, give me the milk of the poppy. Like, he needs the milk of the poppy. And he gives it to Viserys, and Viserys is like, no, I don't want my judgment to be clouded. And he's like, also, I want to have dinner. <laughs> Otto says, it's morning. And then he said, tonight. <laughs> Tonight, obviously. He's like, my whole family is here. That was so funny. Yeah, no, this was a great Patty Constantine episode. 
he was he was he was hitting bangers all over the place, but I just have to know when he was presented this job and because they he didn't audition for it. They were like, Hey, we want you and mm. they're, you know, telling him like who Viserys is. He had to be thinking like, Why do you want me to play this guy? Like what did I ever do to you that you <laughs> thought of me immediately? Yeah. For this character. <laughs> Tough scene for old Patty. Yeah. The Patty wagon, if you will. Nobody will? Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, then we get to the trial. And, you know, the trial begins. Is Otto... it what? Petition? Huh? Is that what they call it? A petition? Not a tri- it's not really a trial, but... Anyway, sure. <laughs> but the hand of the wait, king... Wait, Before this, Rhaenyra and Rhaenys had... A conversation in the Godswood. Oh, yeah. The about, proposition. Yeah, where she, The blockbuster trade. A lot of things are said, but essentially Rhaenyra says, let's marry Vela and Reyna to we Jason Luke. Yeah. I mean, because at the end of the day, it makes the most sense. Then you have real Valerian blood mm-hmm. at Driftmark. And also, they have real affection for each other. So, like, you know, they get along great. They were there for each other. Oh, they were all very down with it. Yeah, they're super into the whole idea. And you kind of it kind of leads you to think that Rainey's is not that into it. And she sees it as Rhaenyra being a little bit desperate, which she is. But also, it is the most practical of the options. Well, and yeah. The, the I mean, Rhaenys is one that always points out the desperations of the Targaryens. Mm-hmm. Like, she pointed out when Viserys came to Driftmark to plead for Rhaenyra to marry Laenor, and she True. pointed it out then. And she even made the comment that, you know, well, uh, tomorrow the high towers land their first blow and you fall to your knees and I'm left standing alone. Basically saying, like, you're in this on your own and it's just going to be me versus them at the end of all of this. Yeah. You know, making you think that, like, sorry about your luck, you're screwed. And whether that was just her playing mind games or near it, or if that was always her plan, uh, plans changed because as Vayman made his claim to Otto Hightower, Hand of the King, who was um, speaking with the voice of the King of the almost said Nine Realms. This is not Marvel. <laughs> the King of the Seven Kingdoms. Yeah, he ought to been mollywopped off that throne. Oh yeah, he he was he was trying to get if a little bit too comfortable. If anyone should have been sliced and diced by that thing sitting on it, him. Yeah. He ain't got no place. But, you know, as he listened, he's like, "Thank you. That was a great job." And Rhaenyra came up, and she was about to start, and well, she then interrupted him, and then Allison was like, "Shut your mouth." Yeah, and then, as she was about to start talking and state her claim, Viserys comes in, on his. Uh, no, he doesn't come in on his chair at that point. He walks, and it is the longest walk. And I think it's deliberate. Like, mm-hmm. like it, yeah. it was definitely, like, deliberate. Like, you got to see the reactions of people. Like, and, and it's it's truly, like, uh, I almost said indicative. It's not indicative. Uh, I, words are killing me right now. I can't word. I can't help you word if I don't know what you're Yeah, no, I don't know. It's a representation of his journey there, like, to where they are. Because, like, he's he's gone through all this stuff. Like, he was, put, you know, placed to be the king, and he didn't really want it. 
And he's just kind of trying to trudge along, keep the peace. And that's kind of what he's doing right here. He wants to keep the peace. He wants, you know, no infighting with the family because Vaman kind of has to deal with the Hightowers that, like, hey, you give me this claim and I'll pay you back for it. Like, you know, I'll, you will have the strongest fleet in the world. And I was kind of thinking about this when I was listening to another podcast today. Uh, Vaman reminded me a lot of... Frick, what's the dude's name? Euron. Euron Greyjoy. Yeah, well, I mean, they're both. And, like, you know... Try, yeah, like, <laughs> trying to, you know, steal their brother's throne. And, you know, obviously, Vaiman's not, like, evil like Euron, like, not stealing the throne. But, like, he wants the throne, has ambitions for the throne, always had ambitions for the throne. And he leads, like, a super strong fleet. And so, like, you know, I, I see the parallels well, there. Well, you know, my thing here is, like, he's caught up on the blood, and, and he's obviously pressed that Jace is not Lanor's. It, it's painfully obvious. He says, but, he says, cut me open and I'll show you Valyrian blood. Yeah. I think you would be a stranger to it. And I'm like, my guy, your blood all looks the yeah, same. Yeah, blood all looks the same. But uh, if he had led his argument with, like, hey, this kid doesn't actually know anything about ships, I feel like he'd have been more... Yeah, I'm not saying he didn't have a point, but, yeah. He was so... Everyone's so worried about the blood, but, like, how about just, like, the most practical person get the job instead of, like, who cares what your last name is? It was great, though, because I think it's funny that Viserys chooses now to be... To like act like a king in his final moments because he gets up there and is like, I, I gotta admit my confusion. Like, why are we having this debate over something that's already settled? Yeah, and like Corliss is not even dead yet. Yeah, and he's like, you know, if somebody's gonna know what he would have wanted, it's his wife. Yeah. And, you know, that leads Rainey's to come in there, and, you know, there's thoughts about if Viserys coming in there changed Rhaenys's mind or if this is what she was always going to do but she says yeah I'm going with what Rhaenyra said like we're going to marry our kids we're going to strengthen the claim Viserys is going to be the heir to the throne like everybody's happy Viserys is like awesome good deal and this sets Vaiman off he ain't having none of it and the best part of it is whenever he's, like, getting to the part where he's about to, like, discredit um, Rhaenyra's kids, he gets to, these boys are, and he stops, he holds his tongue, and Damon, Damon says, say it. And it's just, like, it, it gives me Palpatine vibes of, do it. Do it. He said, say it. And but he finally like does. Like, Vaiman going up against Damon right there is, like, that was foreshadowed. Yeah, they, yeah, like, they had not they seen were, that eye at yeah, all. they've not been on the same page, like, for half a second. So, Damon was, uh... And just give me a reason. <laughs> yeah. And, um, so, yeah, so, Vaiman's like, all right, I will. And he backpedals a little bit, making you think that, like, he's gonna, like completely back off of it but it's really just to set up the grand reveal of they're bastards and she's a whore (laughs) and Viserys set off 
unsheaths the cat's paw and says, I'll have your tongue. And the next thing we see is Vaman's head just sliced right in half by Dark Sister and Damon. And we see that tongue that the series wanted. And everybody, uh, then the night, the King's Guard jumps I up and it's say, like, disarm that man. He said, no need. Everyone's reaction to that, Helena's reaction in particular. She holds her ears, bro. I think it was hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I have to wonder, like, did they, I feel like when they were shooting that scene, they had to have done something that actually surprised them. Because it was like genuine shock on all of their face. Except Eamon. He was Stone Cold Steve Austin over there. He didn't even flinch. I think he smiled. He was smirked. loving it. <laughs> yeah. Because that's... I mean, that's kind of who he wants to be. He wants yeah. to be like Damon. And pretty much everything he does. But, yeah, I, I did think it was cool that, um, you know, as Viserys is walking up to the throne, <clears throat> he drops his crown and Damon picks it up. And then he helps him the rest of the way up the throne. <clears throat> and in this moment... You know, Viserys is like, I'll have your tongue. And he's like, I got you, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Let me do that for you. I mean, I just used to have to think in, like, another universe, like, without Otto Hightower, Otto Hightower around. They could have like, coexisted. Damon would have been Viserys' hand, and... That's Damon, all he wanted. Yeah. Damon, Damon never wanted to rule. He always... Yeah, he just wanted to be, like... Be by his brother's side. A good little brother. And, like... Yeah, there would none of this would have happened. But whatever. And it kind of goes back to the aegon Aemon thing. Like, Aemon doesn't necessarily want to be king. Just like Aegon doesn't want to be king. But he knows that the plan is for Aegon to be king. And he wants to help make that happen. And he wants to be a part of that. But... Um, yep. I think Eamon is also just out for blood. <laughs> yeah, he's just about that action 24-7. Then you get to the dinner table and the dinner scene, and a lot happens here. So Rhaenyra is sitting with Damon, and then Luke, and what's the other girl's name? There's Bela and Raina. So Luke and Raina, right. Jason Bela, right? Yeah, Bela's the older one. Anyways, they're all sitting together. They're supposed to be twins, but they changed them. Aegon's with Helena, and Aemon's at one of the foots of the table. I think then you the got reason Otto they changed them from being twins is because there's two other sets of twins already. There's Tyland and Jason Lannister, and then we met Eric and Eric. <laughs> yeah, and freaking Jason Lannister had a lot to say at the... <laughs> At the yeah. council meeting. That's Thailand. Exactly. We're confused already. <laughs> Too many I'm twins. Alright, anyways. Um, so at this table, you know, Viserys gets carried in by four guys and it's like we could have saved a lot of time if you just carried him to the throne like that too. Also, we, like we I know this is two hundred years beforehand, but like are you telling me you couldn't make a wheelchair at this point in time? Or is it just, like, a sign of weakness for a king to be in a wheelchair? Like, I mean, I'm just saying, Bram was in a wheelchair, and if you have carriages, I think you can figure out how to make a wheelchair. That's all I gotta say. I don't remember how Bram got his wheelchair. Well, I know that... Well, I know Tyrion gave him plans for a a saddle. saddle. Yeah, that's not... But, yeah, 
the wheelchair, like, I He think. just rolled into Winterfell one day with it. Hold on. That's not... Carry on. Hold on, pushed him in. <laughs> yeah. No, he did not. Hodor was dead. Not with the wheelchair. Hodor held the door. Yeah, I know that, but, died. like, he had the wheelchair in Winterfell before they left. And that's why Hodor had to carry him everywhere, because they left the wheelchair. Because they couldn't just take it with them on he their expedition. He did not have a wheelchair when he was little. Alright, this is besides the point. We'll continue. <laughs> uh, this is this is me and Chelsea podcasting. We're getting... The, oh, she's Googling it as I talk about this. Alright. Here we go. So, Viserys comes in there and... He has this half mask. And he had it as he came into the throne room as well. Looking like Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> <laughs> it... It was an interesting choice, and... I mean, I get it, because yeah. he doesn't have an eyeball. Well, yeah, when we see that at the table, he takes off his mask, and he's like, I want you to see me as I really am. Like, I don't want to hide anything from you in this moment. I want you to see who I am as your brother, as your father, as your husband, as your grandsire, as he says, instead of grandfather. And, you know, he says, not as your king. I want you to see me as I am to you guys. And, you know, at that moment, like, what? Somebody made a... Oh, my God. It's an Iron Throne wheelchair for our audio listeners. We don't have video listeners, but anyways. Um, Sorry, just for the record, Bran Stark did not have a wheelchair as a wee guy. Okay. Cool. Glad we established that. You've been wrong once, and I've been wrong once. <laughs> Last ditch effort. <laughs> um, but this prompts right near to stand up and be like, you know, I, I would like to. Does she? Is it a toast to Alicent? I guess you could call it that. Uh, it's like I'm a salute. I'm not familiar with all the inner workings of toast and things of that nature. Basically, it's an olive branch. Yeah. Like, well, at first I thought... Viserys all but begs. Like, please, I'm literally about to die. Can we just, like, all... He's like, why can't we... Uh, I think he says, why can't we love each other? Yeah. Well, and it's, it's like, why can't we Because be the previous episode, he says all the same things, but under duress. Like, they're all too mad to hear anything he's saying and he's screaming and saying for your king your grandson he says exactly the same thing Mm -hmm. and nobody listens nobody apologizes nobody gives a rat's butt about anything he's got to say but here in this moment it's all received differently if not by anyone at least Rainier and Allison because the kids don't really seem to give a rat's butt. <laughs> well, and as I talked about, like, you know, I, I think that a lot of the scenes in this... Did you just do... you just crush your funny bone? This is great podcasting. Um, as the rest of the show has shown, like, you know... Not the show, this episode is Allison's kind of over this whole making Aegon the king thing because Aegon's A, a kid, B, a dick... And see, like, doesn't want it. And so she's like, why am I putting all this energy into something that okay. nobody really wants to happen? Hold on, let me finish my statement. Sheesh, you always be cutting me off when I'm trying to make a point. And so, like, you know, Rhaenyra does that to Alicent 
and like you know like basically is like you know olive branch and Allison does it back to Rhaenyra and she says I think you'll make a great queen like basically conceding like we're not gonna challenge this anymore yeah um great thank you for no, that I was just thinking like I don't know how genuine um like anything Allison really said was in the moment, I think she believed it. But then I think as soon as she walked out those doors, it was like, mm. because, you know, we see later she's talking to Viserys. As soon as she, like, misunderstood, I mean, she doesn't know she's misunderstanding it, but, like, as soon as she felt like she was getting the slightest bit of confirmation to continue her task, she ran with it. See, I don't know? think it's that. I think there's... Like, if we're skipping to that scene, I think she saw it as her husband's dying wish to see Aegon right, the, be made king. Right, but that's what I mean. It's like, he thinks he's, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but all I say, all I'm saying is, as soon as she got a little bit of, like, confirmation bias, she was like, okay, we're in this again. See, I, but I don't think it's like that. I don't think that, like, it's something that, like, she has, like, personal conviction towards. I think she's literally just trying to honor her husband after he's, like, put out this cry for help. Or not cry for help, but, like, just cry for peace. And, like, I I think that she was genuine peace because, like, Viserys had long gone. The kids had already just started fighting already. But, like, she was still, like, playing nice with Rhaenyra. Like, I, she was like, do you really have to leave right now? And Rhaenyra's like, I'll come back. Because, like, it it felt like there was, like, a genuine breakthrough there. And I don't even necessarily believe that, you know, I mean, we're not going to see the next episode yet, but I don't necessarily believe that she's going to be, like, cruel and her mind changing. It's just I genuinely think that, you know, she thinks that this was her husband's dying wish and as we heard in the throne room when Viserys was talking about Rhaenys and Corlys, if anybody's going to know what the last thing, you know, that one party would want, it's the spouse, it's the wife. And that's, in her mind, Allison heard that. And so that's where I think all that's coming from. Like, I don't, I, I think everything was genuine, like, in that moment. Like, I think that everybody kind of, the adults, I would say. Yeah really bought into what Viserys was saying because there was a relationship before. Like, they've, they've seen the good together. They've, you know, they've had that love for one another. Um, the kids, you know, they were always bickering kids, and there's no love lost there. So it's just more of the same at that point. But I, I believe between Alicent and Rhaenyra, like, I believe there was a genuine breakthrough there. I was thinking this last night. Like, you know, her and Otto are, like, ruling everything while Viserys is incapacitated and Otto has like no problem with the concept of like her like ruling the queen or ruling the kingdom as like the queen as a girl as a female but yet can't stand the idea of Rhaenyra being the queen because she's a girl like what's the difference my dude like, bent over backwards to create so much chaos, like, like for your daughter to do all of this, to be all, like, it makes no sense. 
that's like a huge contradiction. Well, I know his end game is Aegon, but yeah, and and I think that was kind of always the thing. Like by the time Rhaenyra was in play as the heir, Emma had already died, and he had already enacted his plan of sending Alicent to Viserys. Mm-hmm. To his chambers, so like he already had like the wheels turning in motion when Rhaenyra was chosen as heir. So I don't think he ever had a problem with Rhaenyra because she was a girl. He had a problem with Rhaenyra because he wasn't his descendant. She wasn't his descendant. Oh, I think it's that she's a girl. Well, I don't know, but yeah, uh, you know the the thing that we didn't get to talk about is the the. Infighting continues with the boys. Um, you know, Jake stands up after... Jace. Sorry, I said Jake. Uh, after Aegon says a bunch of inappropriate things to... Now Jake's betrothed. And... God, I keep saying Jake. Jace and Luke. And then Jace, you know, says his old thing. He's like, I admire our, our memories. I'm fond of our memories of when we were young boys. And then he gets up and he dances with Helena. And as Viserys is carried out of the room, they bring in a pig. And they sit it right in front of Aemon, which... Which is funny. It, and you even thought it was funny. Like, you started, like, laughing before, it hap- like, before anything <laughs> happened. But, like, Luke just could not keep his composure. No. I like, mean, listen, a lot, this is all just petty... You know, we all know where this is leading. They're all being childish. Eamon, of course, has got to make a strong joke. They all get their licks in. But it's exhausting because... Well, I just don't feel... Like, I want to feel more for their characters than I do. But I feel like this time jump left me jolted. Like... I don't know if it's the casting, or I just wish, I don't know, something about this time jump didn't translate as well for me. For the kids, for everyone else, nothing really changes, you know? Well, I feel like we're missing a lot. For all intents and purposes, it seems like this is the cast we are going to be, or for lack of a better term, stuck with, so. I know. um, But yeah, Eamon... Gets mad at Luke laughing at him. Slams on the table. He's like, my turn for a toast. And he's like, a toast to my nephews. Sweet, smart, strong. I don't think he says sweet and smart. Whatever. He says words. Yeah. I, I don't remember if they're sweet or smart. But I know. He, the he point is, he says, a toast to the strong boys. Oh, and Aegon's like, here, here. And, and Allison even said, like, don't do yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Like, she even tried to stop him. And this was after Viserys left the room. That's why I think that, you know, Allison's breakthrough was, like, real, like legitimate. But, yeah, and then Jace punched Aemond. Aegon slams As Luke's he head into the table. Mm-hmm. And then Damon steps in between them and basically tells Luke and Jace to stand down. Aemon and Aegon are about the action ready to go. Otto kind of gets in between them. And at that point, it's like, all right, we're leaving. And that's when Rhaenyra leaves, and then that's when Allison goes to Viserys' chambers. And he thinks that he's talking to Rhaenyra. He thinks that he's still talking 
still having that conversation with Rhaenyra when she came there the night before the petition trial, whatever, um, about the prophecy and about, you know, who the rightful heir should be. Just to be clear, this should have been a conversation that he had with Rhaenyra, like, 20 years ago. The fact that, like, he even still on his dying bed couldn't just tell her what he believes the truth of the prophecy to be. And it's, like, so infuriating. And, like, prophecies are already tricky. So now you have this added layer of, like, Rainier really doesn't even know what the prophecy is. Only that there is some principle to be promised and fire and ice like she's got like the cliff notes version of it and now Allison has a totally discombobulated version of it and no one else is even supposed to know about any of this except for the person that it's going to take the throne no one else is supposed to know about it except Rhaenyra and now Allison is gonna mangle it and ruin it and that's where I think we end up in Game of Thrones where Rhaegar's totally confused and is like it's 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 gonna it's like um the telephone game when you're a kid and like you tell a secret and then by the end of the person it's just like totally off you know what I mean yeah and they talk about uh he said something about the enemy from the north just see Allison like, we have to attack the North. We have to attack Winterfell. Yeah, I'm really interested to see, like, mm. how much of that she actually... I think she heard Aegon is going to sit on the promised, throne, yeah. or is the prince we promised, and that was it. Little does she know that Rhaenyra's kid's also named Aegon. But I don't even think he was talking about either of those Aegons. He was talking about the original Aegon. Hold a second. What was Jon Snow's real name? Aegon. That's what I thought. Okay. And Rhaegar's older son, his first son with Ilya, was also Aegon. Yeah, so. Lots of Aegons. But yeah, when Viserys was saying that, he wasn't saying either Aegon. He was talking about the original Aegon the Conqueror because it was his prophecy. Uh And obviously she heard Aegon and then she heard you're the one. and Prince be promised, prophecy in my dream, all this stuff, so yeah, so just, just, uh, miscommunication, really, just kind of being the death of everything, and for lack of a better transition, uh, we, this is where we saw Viserys's final breath, um, he took the milk of the poppy to kind of numb the pain at the end, and, uh, he was beckoning for his love at that point, he was like reaching out into the ether and saying, "My love." What? I thought he said, "No more." No, he said, "My love." <laughs> Do we need to pull? The- this has gone off the rails. Let's, <laughs> let's thought, end the episode. I thought he said, "No more." Like, I don't really care that. Much. But as we mentioned at the beginning, this was episode eight. There are ten episodes in the series. Next episode is the penultimate. Um, a lot of series, including Marvel, including Game of Thrones, the, um, arguably, 
uh, a lot of the penultimate episodes are better than the actual finale, so. Whoa. <clears throat> yeah, it's the rise of the action, and then the finale ties up the loose ends, or it leaves you on a cliffhanger. For more loose ends. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's gonna be fun. It's, uh, it's been a good show. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, I think on this one, <clears throat> upon further inspection... Because he's lame. I wasn't bored. I enjoyed the episode. I just wanted more action. He doesn't, yeah. Give me more face slash. He doesn't appreciate. What do you mean? Damon literally chopped Vayman's head in half. give me more. I want more. Okay. He doesn't appreciate. Also, I need more dragons, man. Come on, where's the dragons? But, yeah, no, I enjoyed it for what it was. I liked last episode better than this one. But I do still think it's a two thumbs up. Yeah, I thought... I read online that this was supposed to be the longest episode. It probably was, but it didn't feel that long for me. Minus Viserys. That's why it was the longest. Yeah, I'm coming so slowly to the throne. Where do you think they're going to end this show at? Oh, I'm asking what your rating is first. Oh, it's... I get two thumbs up every time. Every time? (laughs) It's a prerequisite. I, I... I don't dislike any of it, except I just think they didn't need to escalate this season so quickly. Because this is what I'm getting at. I think they're going to end... Spoilers ahead. Don't listen if you don't want spoilers. I think they're going to end this season with Eamon killing Luke. Yeah, that's what I said last night. But I... We don't even know any of these, like, I feel like his death is going to feel so inconsequential because we've spent very little amount of time with this version of Luke. And I feel like they could have ended this season on Eamon's eye getting taken and that, like, all coming to a head and then... Him claiming Vagar and everything, like, that would have been an epic season finale, and then we would have had more episodes to see just more leading up to it. You know what I mean? And then pick up season two with a time jump then, and really flesh out these new versions of the characters... At the end of the day, in my opinion, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it is what it is, but I feel like... I just feel so sad about it. Yeah, and I don't necessarily think the death is gonna... Like... Ring as hard because... Of Luke leaving the show and, like, dying. I think it, what why, what's gonna make it hit is the impact that it makes on Rhaenyra. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like you said, we haven't spent a lot of time with Luke, but we know how dear he is to Rhaenyra, somebody that we've spent an infinite amount of time with. So I, I think that that's kind of what they're going to be leaning for there. But, yeah, I I agree. I do think that that's kind of where this is shaping up to. Um, the showdown in the sky they're gonna get there between Eamon and Luke. I mean, based on what I remember... It is right on line, like right in right in tune with what happens. Because um, we kind of know the events that are going to transpire yeah. in the next episode. Yeah. 
and from there it's like it picks up to right there because that's like the first thing that they try to do but all right we won't allude to any more spoilers um yeah i mean this show show's been good she hulk is the finale this week i'm excited to kind of see what happens and see how it's gonna um bleed into some other mcu projects um but yeah Definitely enjoy both these shows. Uh, we will be watching Werewolf by Night sometime say, this week. Are we going to watch it tonight? We've heard a lot of good things. It's 10 o'clock. You want to watch it tonight? It's 10 o'clock? Yes. My <laughs> we're We're early. We're early to bed. No, I'm, I'm early to bed, early to rise. Chelsea's early to bed and get up when I have to. I get up at the same time as you. You go back to sleep. I just lay. I just like I just be laying. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, we'll we'll definitely have our reaction to Werewolf by Night. Um, by the next podcast, we'll we'll have watched that the finale of She Hulk, and the penultimate episode of House of Dragon. So definitely keep it here for all of that. Uh, hopefully, we'll have Alex back next week. Um, his daughter uh, advanced, I think, in the regional tournament and volleyball tournament. So, uh, shout out to Alex's daughter. Um, good job on her. And uh, good job on her. And that was weird. Excited to have Alex back next week. So, with that being said, I hope everybody has a great night. Don't forget to nerd up and geek out. Thank you for listening to the Topic Fandom Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Our podcast can be found on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Find our podcast, leave us a five-star rating, a positive review, and spread the word if you enjoyed it while we try to grow this thing. Until then, nerd up and geek out.